what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach Hey, Daniel, what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? My favorite Saturday morning cartoon. Man, I watched them all. Um, you know, I, I liked uh, I liked the Looney Tunes. I liked uh, I liked everything. I, I still remember when there would be that that Friday night before the new season, and there'd be this you know preview of of all yep. the new cartoons the and everything. The debut, yeah, that was a big deal. I'd get real excited for that. I would buy the TV guide. Yeah, and, and peruse that. I would sit and commit that to memory. That's right. Um, well, my favorite cartoon on Saturday mornings, uh, I love Super Friends. They came on at 7. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I'm a little older than you, but I can remember when cartoons actually came on Saturday morning, and that was it. That was no other time. And so I would get my own box of cereal and watch cartoons starting yep. at 7. And <laughs> no one else got cereal that morning. I thought you were going to say you remember when they were in black and white. No, they were color by the time. I watched yeah. some black and white ones. but I'd get up at 6 or 6.30 and watch Andy Griffith before the cartoons came on. Yeah, so, I mean, so Saturday mornings were, were special, and they were good. What was your favorite commercial? My favorite commercial? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got to be, you know, one of the, the Super Bowl commercials. So, like maybe No, on, sa- on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Uh, well, mine, well, I think we all would agree, was the Schoolhouse Rocks. Oh, School I love Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, we all, still watch Schoolhouse Rock. Although one of those, one of my favorite ones was Knowledge Is Power, and of course back then um, the idea was to promote the idea of education, going to, going to school because knowledge is power, and I always kind of gravitated towards that. That wanted I wanted to go to school. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to know more because knowledge was and is power. Uh, do you know? Do you know anything about that series or that series of Schoolhouse Rocks? Yeah, we we like I said, we still watch them. Um, I the, I did just uh, I'm trying to win some trivia, so I did a little research in case this ever comes up on like you know drive-in morning radio trivia. It debuted in 1973 in January with a segment called Multiplication Rocks. It was a collection of animated shorts adapting the multiplication tables to songs written by Bob Doro. Doro also performed most of the songs with Grady Tate and Blossom Deary each performing one during the season, and it ran until 2009. So just a little fun fact for you for Schoolhouse Rocks. That's where it all began, and we're still I, listening to it today. I, I did not realize I was going to be learning about Schoolhouse Rock today, so thank you. I well, didn't realize it went until 2009. I didn't acknowledge his power, and and they kind of, as I thought about Saturday morning cartoons and I thought about that commercial, The Power of Knowledge, we can also relate that to what we're trying to accomplish with soul training, that we're trying to train our souls and train our minds and condition our thoughts, which direct our behaviors. And one of the biggest things I think that you have to keep in mind, we all keep in mind when we're looking for knowledge, is it all starts with a question. It all starts with a question. And for us, what the business that we're in, we're trying to answer spiritual questions, religious questions, eternal questions, scriptural uh, questions, and the first question that i like for us to maybe jump into today 
is that of the idea of salvation. And we'll hopefully end up where we're starting, but where, what must I do to be saved? We have lots of people who uh, ask that. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Uh, that's where our walk with Christ begins uh, because as we obtain more knowledge, we see the power of Christ. And when we see the power of Christ, we see how it transforms us. So I would like to maybe for us to, to jump into the idea uh, or the question, what must I do to be saved? And maybe talk about uh, from a salvation standpoint, what are we being saved from? That's that's the first question you've got to ask because you know people don't really care how to be saved if they don't realize they need to be saved. You know, sometimes I, I compare that to uh, to swimming. You know, say you're out. Do, do you know how you, to swim? You stole my notes. Did you I? Got, you got into my notes, and no one, <laughs> no one. I've been told no one. I underline that can read my handwriting, but you got into my notes. Well, that's because so I was reading your mind, not your notes. Then, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, knowledge is power. Then, <laughs> but to, to answer your question, no, I cannot swim because. When I was about nine years old, I was about this size, and uh, no one was watching at the local public swimming pool, and I jumped in and thought that it was fine and safe, and I didn't realize that, well, I had zero knowledge in a lot of ways, but I didn't realize that the pool had different depths. Next thing I know, I'm going under, and I almost pulled someone in with me, and they finally got me out of the pool, and from that point on, I decided that I don't I don't I dislike water so much I don't even like a hard rain even today but I I know what I wanted to be saved from I wanted to be saved from death I wanted right. to be saved from the water being overwhelmed and it seems like my life was flashing right in front of me all the Saturday morning cartoons were <laughs> just rolling by and I thought no more if I don't get out of this place but as long as you were splashing around playing in the shallow end having a good time you probably weren't real interested in in how to be saved somebody you know tossed you uh, that that life pole they they have or uh, a life jacket or something like that, you probably would have looked at it like, well, what are you doing? I, I don't need that. I'm just fine. Until I got in trouble. Until you got in trouble. And until I got in trouble. And at that point, uh, it would have taken multiple rafts and life jackets to get me our life uh, preserves to get me out. But once I got out, I've never been, I've never been, that was it. That was it nine years. I, and I was nine years old. And I, you know, the only thing I like about water is in pictures I, t- I drive by, you know, the, I'm not anti water, but. For me, I'm anti-swimming, so I always want to make sure my kids can swim, and they can. So, you know, when it comes up a cloud, I have bad memories of just all that water. So, so I'm, they yeah. can save you in case you fall in the water. If that would be a possibility, but they know that I'm not going to get that close to the water. So, and you're right, I didn't know I was in trouble until I was in trouble. Right. So how does, you know, what we're talking about here is is sin. So what's sin, and how does it get us in trouble? Well, a lot of times, you know, in order for us to know what knowledge that we need, we have to realize what we're trying to uh, achieve in terms of what we're trying to, in this sense, what we're trying to stay away from. Um, you go, if we have, hopefully our dear listener will have a, maybe a digital copy or if they have a digital dev- or a device, they can type in Galatians uh, chapter 5 and beginning in verse 16, Galatians five sixteen. And I won't read all 10 verses at once, but Galatians chapter 5, beginning verse 16, shows us uh, we kind of get a snapshot of both 
the ugliness and the beauty of our walk of our in life. If we're walking in the spirit or if we're walking in the flesh or we're walking with the world. Um, you know, someone once asked me uh, in terms of Bible discussions, what is sin? What are you, what are we trying to stay away from? I mean, if you ask me, Alan, what are you trying to stay away from when it comes to, when in relation to drowning, I'm trying to stay away from the water. That's pretty cut and dry, no pun intended. So when it comes to sin, what are we trying to stay away from? Well, beginning in verse 16, Paul writes to the Galatians and it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is lust of the flesh, paraphrasing, or also known as worldliness. For the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Okay, so you think about this for a second, not doing the things that you wish. Um, you know, love, we know as parents, we know that, that love is not just saying, go do what you want to do, whatever you, you feel like doing. We know as a civilized society, we know that uh, it is not a good thing for people to just do what they want to do. It, it's not do, we can't do as we wish. But verse 18 says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are... And the works of the flesh, I'm, what I'm about to read off is what I would, what Scripture identifies as sin. This is a list. I, For me, uh, if I'm typing something, I like a bulleted list. If I'm sending someone something, I've learned that people like to read you know, less is more. So if I'm sending, if I'm try, trying to explain or uh, define what is sin, I'm going to bullet this list. And it says, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are under the law. Now the works of the flesh, or sin, are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's verse uh, 21. And so if you would like to, maybe that's a long list. I've always said that's a laundry list, a long list of, of what's sin. But if people want to know, what does sin look like? Well, that's a, that's a big snapshot of sin right there. Is this, is this all-inclusive? All inclusive. Well, that's uh, all of those that, those topics or those each word kind of pretty much touches on just about everything that I can come to mind or comes to mind for me. Um, and and uh, you know, you think about drunkenness. You know, that could cover from my vantage point. You know, it could be alcoholism, could be drug abuse. You know, you could be experience drunkenness by drug abuse. I mean, while it doesn't come out and say, you know, addiction. But yet we know that drunkenness is a broad topic could cover a lot of areas from chemical dependence. Well, something that um, for, there, for there to be sin, there has to be uh, some rules or some laws because sin is a transgression of that law. It, it's breaking uh, the law. And um, you know, if you go all the way back to the beginning, you know, when sin came into the world, you got it in the Garden of Eden, God creates this uh, perfect world. Everything is amazing in there. He puts uh, two very special creatures, uh, Adam and Eve, that are created in His own image. I mean, to that that sets them apart. 
that's something that sometimes is lost in our world today is the specialness of mankind, uh, especially when you uh, have the the risk of digressing here, but um, <clears throat> you have uh, so many people that just view us in a naturalistic sense where man's nothing more than an animal. Well, if we believe the Bible, we believe man is, is very special, uh, being created in God's image. Well, in that Garden of Eden, we're able to have this uh, relationship with God where they, they walk and talk with God in a, in a sense that we're not able to do now. And he makes things simple. He just gives them one rule. You know, there's this one tree. Yeah, eat anything you want to. Do whatever you want to. Things are nice and simple. One rule, don't eat the fruit from this tree. And we might look at that and say, well, how hard was that? <laughs> you know, you've, you've ruined things for everybody else because you couldn't resist that one. It, it'd be really nice if there was just that one rule now. Um, but one rule is all we needed, all mankind needed, in order to set up a, a choice as to are we going to trust God or are we going to disbelieve God? That's ultimately what, what sin is because uh, we're either going to trust that what God instructs us to do is what is ultimately in our own best interest. And because of His love for us and His relationship with us, He's not withholding things that are actually good for us. Um, or we're going to distrust God, we're going to believe Satan's lies, and believe that God's keeping something away from us that doesn't need to be kept away from us. And it would be just fine if we went ahead and did that other thing. So that's that's how sin, that, that's kind of sin at its, at its root, is that it, it's a distrust of God that leads us to disobeying Him. And when I think about, you know, like you said, it, it has to, in order for us to know what, what bad is, we have to have good. In order to know what good is, you got to have bad. And, and I think about choices have consequences. And when I read that list in Galatians 5 of what sin is, you think about Adam and Eve, you know, the uh, kind of the root of the kind of the path, the challenging path that they had to endure, even from their children. And then, and then in Genesis 3, where, you know, God tells them, you know, from this point forward, you know, you're going to basically be sweating and working for anything that you get. You're going to be sweating and working from a, a job standpoint, you know, even from a having children is going to be extremely painful. And so that is a, uh, a consequence of something, choose, choosing something bad. But when I go back to some of these, uh, Galatians 5 that I've already read, you think about, uh, adultery. You think about fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness. Uh, idolatry just means putting something between yourself and God. Hatred. You know, it seems like you know we've seen so much, uh, and I know with this podcast, hopefully, that someone will be listening to listening to this in a year or five years or ten years from now. But um, you can kind of Google the if Google's still around, or maybe something else. But in a few years, but if you Google this time period, you know what I'm referencing. But we've seen on television the last you know few months, few weeks that it seems like hatred towards inhumanity is continuing to grow. To me, that's ugliness. That there's nothing good about any of that outburst of wrath. So when we those that's just a, a snapshot of, and you think about envy, murders, drunkenness, uh, you know, alcohol, the, the the dangers that alcohol creates just by drinking, just there, one. Nothing good comes from any of these. No, nothing at all. No, nothing, nothing good at, at all. Because when we choose to walk 
or uh, with the lust of the flesh or walk in the world, so to speak, that's what we're going to encounter. And this, for, the, for me, the other four verses I was going to share at the bottom, Galatians 5, beginning of verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And I think about just the sweetness, uh, how all of a sudden it seems like you're almost flipping the switch from verse 21 to verse 22. You think about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. How would you define or how would you explain that phrase there in verse 22? If we could quote fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. Well, if you'll notice, uh, it's the word fruit there, singular. A lot of times we treat it like it's fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like they're all different fruits. It's better to look at that more like uh, an orange. You know, they're they're wedges, they're slices of the same fruit. And uh, that's the fruit that results from a a Spirit-filled life. You know, when Jesus says, I'm the vine and, and you are the branches, you know, the, the fruit that is produced in the life of a Christian, because of their attachment to Jesus, are these things. You know, something that I think is, is sometimes missed is, you know, if, if, we're, if we're branches, the way that a branch produces fruit uh, isn't necessarily that it trials real hard to produce the fruit. Uh, I mean, if you, if you have a, a fruit true tree and, and it, you need some fruit out of that tree, it's not saying, oh, I need to push out an apple here. I really got oh, to make this, this, uh, this orange, whatever type of fruit is supposed to come in that tree. It happens naturally as a result of a healthy connection with the vine, with, with the trunk, with, with whatever type of, of tree that is. Well, if, if we have the proper relationship with Christ, and this is what I'm coming back around to, is that the the biggest consequence of sin is is relational consequences uh, between the relationship between man and God. But um, if we have the proper relationship with Christ and that attachment, then the fruit of the Spirit develops naturally in our life. So you want to have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. The best way to do it isn't just to work on I'm going to work on having more joy in my life. The best way to do it is I'm going to work on having more Jesus in my life. And I build that relationship with Jesus. These other things flow very naturally uh, from it, just as an orange tree very naturally produces an orange. And I think about, I like your analogy of the wedges contained in an orange. And uh, and if you start with Jesus, uh, then everything else will flow from that. And then we'll be able to enjoy all those things in a, on a deeper, very deep level. Because if you go on to verse 25 and verse 26, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And I think about so many times that the root of sin comes back to one thing, pride. It's something that it's what we want. It's what we want to choose or what we want to, to pick and then that kind of goes off into other other roads like becoming conceited, provoking one another, and then it just the, the wheels eventually just fall off. So we know we've got an understanding of what 
sin is, what do we do about it? Well, uh, we have to understand, I guess I go back to the big idea of knowledge is power. We have to find out. We want that power to remove sin in our life. We have to know where that source is. And that source we know uh, as Christians and people who want to know how to obtain the the ability to remove sin from their life is we go back to we go back to Scripture. We go back to um, what the Bible says. Um, you think about what do we do is, first of all, we've already identified sin, so we want to make sure that we're staying away from walking from a worldly standpoint. Just those things we've listened. You know, sin just means missing the mark. So we want to realize what mark we need to be hitting. And Daniel's already talked about having more Jesus in our life. Um, for me, and Daniel and Joe, you all kind of hop in, I always go back to uh, the book of Acts as far as what do we do. Uh, well, first of all, we seek Jesus because he came to seek and save the lost. And us, uh, before we submitted our life to Christ, we too were lost. We too were, um, you know, may not have been bad people, but yet we were not committed to Christ. And we're committed to Christ, then we truly understand the wedges of that orange uh, when we're committed to him. So, And then you may you can go ahead. Um, if you had something, Joe asked a really, really good question. Uh, you may have a spot where you always start, or I was going to go to Acts 2, but you can, if you have something you'd like to share too. And no, we, no. We may go a little long, and that'll be okay. Usually we stick to 30 minutes if we need to do 40 minutes. I, hopefully we won't lose all of our listeners. For the extra 10 minutes. <laughs> well, this is a, an important uh, topic, and that's what I was kind of uh, chatting with Joe over here about, is you know, trying to figure out if we have enough time to, to deal with this appropriately. Um, as we think about how to deal with the problem of sin, sin, uh, the, the problem there ultimately is a, is a severing of the, of the relationship with, with God. Uh, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2 says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins uh, have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Well, if we're hoping after this life to spend eternity where God is, then something that separates us from God like that is a major, major problem. We can't live with God after this life while we've got this sin that divides us from Him, so the sin has to be gotten rid of. It has to be dealt with. Um, when somebody says, well, you know, I thought that salvation is a, is a gift. It's a free gift. And it is. It is a free gift. But at the same time, there sometimes are things we need to do in order to receive a free gift. Like uh, somebody might uh, come to me in my wildest dreams and say, you know, Daniel, I, I noticed you, know, you, you have, um, you've, you've got some debts, uh, you've got some things that I, I would like to just change your life. And so I'm going to write you this check for $100 million. We're, we're going to change your life. That's a lot of boxes of cereal. That's a lot of boxes of cereal. I was thinking our soul training, we could really use some updates around here. Right. <laughs> Well, there's so much we could do with soul training, so much we could do with Tanzanian missions, so much. I mean, we could think of a lot of great ways to spend $100 million. So if, if any of you dear listeners want to bless us that way, we would, we would accept it very gratefully. Um, but so they, they write me that check. Well, I take that check, and 
I say, thank you so much for that. And I stick it in my wallet, and I walk around, and I, nothing, nothing's changed. I don't, I don't have any more resources available to me. I still have the same debts I had before. I still have, everything is the same because I haven't cashed that check. You got to go to the bank. You got to endorse that check. You got to deposit it. And in so doing, I haven't earned that $100 million. But nevertheless, there was something small that I needed to do to receive that free and very generous gift. Um, maybe you want to start talking about some of the things that uh, we got to do to endorse that check. Well, and, and I will. Um, but before I do that, I think about, as I listen to you kind of talk about that, and I think about that money, you know, uh, anytime we receive cash or something like that, it does bring a certain sense of peace, uh, especially, you know, if we have some, some debt or we have an auto repair or something, that uh, it, it does bring some peace, and th- that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think ultimately I think about, uh, you mentioned that wall of separation, how sin puts up that wall between us uh, and, and God. And I think about how Christ allows us to have peace. If you go to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, and uh, one of the things I love about my Bible, it's about 20 years old, and uh, one of the things I love about it is is that it has uh, little subheadings at the top. And here at mine, it says, Christ, our peace. And I think about as you metaphorically walked around with that check in your pocket, that that provided you with some peace. And I think about here, Christ, our peace, beginning verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And I think about breaking that wall down. Christ breaks that wall down for, for us. Uh, he's there waiting for us if we will just respond. Um, because if you go back to the beginning uh, of the church, you go to Acts chapter 2, and you think about Peter preaching the very first sermon. And I've heard some preachers and some scholars talk about that the crowd that he was preaching to, some uh, were in the crowd when Christ was hanging on the cross and when people were were mocking and spitting and, and uh, cursing Christ, that many of those folks that Paul or Peter is preaching to uh, were present. Uh, and so when they realize what they have done, their, their heinous acts, their behavior, and also their lack of intervention. I learned a long time ago what you permit, you promote. And while some of those folks that Peter is preaching to may not have actually spat upon Christ, that uh, yet they were there. And, but, and they asked the question in this sermon, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 36. Peter says, let, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? It's that big question. What shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And you think about that gift that if we will respond and if we will uh, 
be baptized for the remission of sins, then all of those things we read about in Galatians 5 will be clean and wiped away as long as we continue to remain committed and faithful to Christ. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, you talked earlier about the uh, the reconciliation that uh, that Christ made available to us, and that's that's really what it's all about is is reconciling, removing that gulf, that barrier between God and man that that sin creates, and through Jesus's life and ministry, He came and did fulfilled our side of of that uh, agreement. He, he came and did what we couldn't do for ourselves, what we had tried repeatedly and, and continued to, to fall short of and, and didn't do uh, successfully ourselves. And so as we think about salvation, we can't be saved in and of ourselves. We're, we've already stumbled. It's too late for us to be saved by our perfection and our goodness. So we're going to have to be saved by Jesus' goodness. And so we, the concern that we need to have as we uh, get into studying about salvation is how do we get into Christ? Because in Christ is where salvation is found. In Christ is where reconciliation is found because Christ is the one who is able to perfectly keep the law. He's the one that's able to live that perfect life without sin. And so he's the only one that can you know, march right into heaven with full uh, you know, assurance that he belongs there. He deserves it. He's going in and just claiming you know, what is, is his. Uh, there's no separation there at all for him. If we're in him, then we get to go too because we get to go based on his goodness. And I think about, you know, just as I kind of, I guess we're starting to, to head down the backstretch um, with, with this uh, topic or with our time, is I think about getting in Christ. Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of boxes of cereal in my life. That's why I'm in such top physical condition right now. And, uh, Years and years ago, uh, not that long ago, but I was, we were having a Bible study and having a baptism in our local detention center. And one of the biggest encouragers the church have ever, has, has, that I've known here locally, um, before she passed away, she wanted to go with us. And uh, we were about to baptize a lady in the Sally Port, and uh, she got me by the arm and pulled me close. She said, When you get to Acts 2.38, you, rem- you make sure and say, what are you, when it comes to baptism, you're being sins are being washed away for, or you're being baptized for the remission of sins. And she really emphasized for the remission of sins. Mm-hmm. And that's the first step getting into Christ. It was, that was baptism. And uh, she was a very small lady, but she pulled me real close and, and emphasized to me in a loving way. You make sure Acts two thirty eight. you're being baptized for the remission of sins. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're staying committed. Um, that's part of uh, our acceptance of that gift. It's, it's, I guess you, you mentioned a while ago about endorsing the, the check you talked about. Uh, for us, that's our part, is obeying not only that day, but for the rest of our life to the best of our ability. When our two kids said they wanted to be baptized, I told them it's not the end. I told them that it's just the beginning. Yes, this is not the end. It's just the beginning. Well, I guess, you know, with with that in mind, <clears throat> this is not the ending. It's just the beginning. There's a lot more that we need to say about this topic, but our, our time is uh, is getting short here. As a matter of fact, it's gone. So just by way of, of summary, 
I would point out that when we are ready to deal with the problem of sin, you know, part of the problem is we have disbelieved God, and so we've disobeyed God. And so if we're going to believe Him, that means we're going to uh, obey Him as a result of, of that faith. So it's going to start there with belief. It's going to include a repentance, which means we're changing our lives, uh, like, like you read, and is natural if we're you know, b- beginning to deal with information that um, creates a new way of believing uh, for us. We believe new things, we're going to act in new ways. Uh, we're going to confess that faith. We're going to be baptized uh, by immersion for the mission of our sins. And that's all stuff that we actually, we're going to have a, another uh, session here later on where we talk about baptism and deal with some more uh, complicated issues about that. But I wanted to make sure we got that uh, that summary in. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you <clears throat> to the listeners, the reason we chose to do this episode right now is because of a response from a listener. And so if anybody has any questions or anything else about this episode or salvation or any other topics, please let us know. We take those to heart, and we will, we will do our best to, to, to try to make everybody happy as far as topics and things. Sure, and do our best to, to respond and do our best to answer. And Big Show Joe and Diamond Daniel Gaines, I think you've, you all have done very well. And you'll, you'll never see me on a boat in the water, but you will see me with a gallon of milk and a box of cereal. You can always count on that. And it's not just on Saturday mornings. Well, if he's giving us nicknames, then we have to do Mellotones Jones. Mellotones Jones. That, that would be fine uh, with me. That will be my Twitter handle. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dear listener, thank you for being with us today. Uh, I want to thank the elders at South Green Street Church of Christ for making this possible, and we appreciate them so very much. And as always, our mega producer, Big Show Joe. And uh, <laughs> join us next time on Soul Train. We've got Soul Training. Time to practice what you preach. Yes, we do. We've got soul training. To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to us, P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's soul training.